And we're back! Hell yeah. It's been quite a break, but we're back. We're, we're home for the holidays, uh, but today is, whatever, Monday... January 14th. January 14th, yeah. and uh, we've been on a hiatus for a while, and I know you've all been missing us, of course. Yeah. But uh, but now we're back, and we actually have some content. Some it's a slow time of year, right? Mm-hmm. We uh, we we just we we're two, about two weeks after the Houston event last time, our last podcast, and now we don't really have an event for another at least month, and so there's a little bit of a downtime. But we're finally we've accumulated enough content, and, can, and Kevin Lindsay's supplemental PTO that yep. we've taken three weeks off from the podcast. Yeah, I'm out of here. supplemental PTO. I need to reinvest. Uh, and we're back, and we're ready to pod. Yeah. And I think we've got enough stuff to talk about. We might actually go a little bit longer than normal this week. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, let's. Uh, we want to start off. So normally we don't talk a ton about Freaky Fridays because yeah. you know they've already happened. So mm-hmm. what's the point? Uh, but uh, we've got a we've got a couple big ones the last couple weeks. Yeah, so, some real interesting stuff that went down the last two Freaky Fridays here. Yeah, so two weeks ago, two Freaky Fridays ago was the new all-time Golden Tea record. Which, yep. uh, I'll drink to that. Yeah. Uh, both, uh, both got some blue mountains here. Yeah. Uh, new year, new me, uh, still the same Coors Light. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that. No resolution there. Oh, cold like the mountains. Uh, but uh, two freakies was the uh, low score ever. Yeah, JoJo. Jojo. Woo. Uh, and uh, part of me thinks it's cool. New record. Part of me thinks, well, yeah, you just picked a bunch of holes that are drivable. So, uh, I think, but ultimately, it's the first time anybody's hit the uh, the mark of minus fifty, and so it's uh, worth noting. So JoJo, hell yeah, uh, he hold the first hole. So uh, so in order to get to par of minus fifty, uh, or not par, but he scored, he shot minus fifty. I th- I thought that par was forty nine. I would agree. Or forty eight. Sorry, it was forty eight. Uh, and that included getting the Sandy Reef hole, which JoJo in his uh, all this is online. It's on uh, Golden Tee TV on YouTube, and you can watch JoJo's minus fifty. And you he can watch not... Sean stand there watching JoJo's yeah, yeah. his fifty. <laughs> uh, he did not go for the Sandy Reef. I think it's hole fourteen or fifteen. It's the drivable. Sometimes very sometimes drivable par five happened to be drivable. I was I was driving it, so I was getting it in my round. Um, but uh, he did not go for it. He, I think he was not he was not playing streaks, and I think it was only really there with streaks. Um, so he shot minus fifty, a uh, couple of hole outs, and uh, he got first. Uh, Meow got second, minus forty nine. Yep. And then uh, the rest of us uh, were after that. Yeah, you you took third in that whammy with a negative uh, forty seven. Uh, I was I was getting stymied on that silly Laurel Park hole. I know uh, JoJo went through, had to make a chip in his round, like you said on Golden TTV, but holding out the first hole, uh, Antelope, and then the eighteenth hole, which was Cat Andreas number nine, Cat Andreas number nine. Yeah, uh, hold that out. That was uh, that was pretty cool. I uh, I actually enjoyed watching that video a lot on Golden TTV. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out because it's. It's pretty damn cool. He uh, had definitely been playing for a little bit. We don't have the game count on it, uh, but it, but it was it was cool. He had his shots dialed in. He uh, you could tell he had some foals, but he also had some palm foals and some palm cutback or over cheating foals. Yeah, I think one of these podcasts we've talked about it. We've talked about foals. I think I think people are yearning for more information about foals, and I, I think uh, the easiest foal is a a full cut and a straight shot. 
What I noticed JoJo did more than I was expecting is that he had more uh, thumbs where they were not dead straight. So he was pulling back with a full cut, but he was throwing it out a little bit to yep. either, toward the, either the one or the three. Um, and, you know, those take a little bit more precision. Obviously, he's a very good player, so he's dialed that in. Uh, but he had more of those on that setup than I was expecting to see. Yeah, way, way to go, JoJo. That was, uh, that's absolutely sick. A negative 50, I'm sure, uh, as IT keeps going through this, we're going to have more mix-up. I, I don't want to say it's going to be shattered anytime soon, but I think they'll definitely throw out another break-the-scoreboard-type Freaky oh, yeah. Friday. And uh, there were some of those ones at Stupid Canyon Hole, uh, par 5, yeah. which in that the, the one... The setup was almost too good. Yeah. It was too big of a tailwind. Uh, yeah, Grand Canyon 16 or 17, anyway. But there was a couple holes I was surprised they didn't use. So uh, Laurel Park Hole 4, that par 5. Yep. Um, and off the top of my head, there was a couple more. And then there was a couple that we ended up getting a really cruddy setup. Um, and then it made it not drivable. Whereas when we had it in regular prize play, I think it was drivable most of the time. But it, uh, Pine Meadow, uh, not Pine Meadow, um, Pine from a couple years ago, hole like four, that par four, it was the back box, and so you had to lay up. And so there was a couple. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm guessing they did well financially on that. Freaky Friday. Yes. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if we get another break the scoreboard here and we uh, have a new record in a couple months. Yeah, so on Freaky Fridays, this past one was the uh, full release of Pine Meadow. We've had that previously uh, during, I believe it was events mode and then a daily where they alternate between Pine Meadow and Crawdad. Odds odds were Pine Meadow or vice versa. So you got, yep. you got kind of a nine-hole preview, and then later on you got the other nine holes. Yep. And so this past one was Pine Meadows in its reimagined glory. Yeah, all 18 in order. Uh, and, the, uh, and uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun playing it. I ended up playing, I don't know, 15 to 20 of them. Uh, found some nice fulls. Uh, Meow won that one. He got a minus 35. Uh, JoJo was sitting in the lead for quite a while. I was watching it because I was uh, involved in the... Uh, the top 10 and so I was keeping an eye on it and but jo uh, Meow won Jojo got second ship it no surprise got third uh, Luke Nelson local guy here got yeah. got fourth yeah if you hear any I screaming assume, in the background that's uh, Luke Nelson playing right now I assume he stole all my fulls and that, <laughs> but uh, and then I got fifth I, I shot a 33 uh, which was a four better with a miss putt yeah so yay for me uh, and that, that rolls into, so the schedule, we've kind of talked about the, the, the schedule of the release of the new uh, reimagined courses, remastered courses. Uh, so last Friday was the Freaky Friday. And then uh, starting today, we have events mode. Yeah. And it's uh, kind of a quote-unquote regular events mode. We've had some oddballs, and, but this is, a, this is a quite a bit like regular prize play. I would agree. So it's a dollar extra, just like prize play. The payouts are tweaked a little bit. So first is 12, second is 10, third is 6, fourth is 5, 5 through 10 is 2, and 11 through 15 is 1. So you drop a couple spots off the back end, and it pays a little bit more on the top end. But pretty similar to regular prize play. Uh, and then the, for the first time in events mode, we've had what is called gusty wind. Yeah. Uh, every time it's been, uh, what, what do they call it? Moderate, mild, or, or moderate some, wind. Yeah, moderate, but it, but it, it's yeah. kind of like been casual wind. Well, this is uh, we weren't sure what gusty was going to be until we played, and it seems like regular wind, like regular prize play wind. I would to agree. Me. I'm what I'm wondering what they named the, the wind past gusty. Yeah, extreme. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, but that's the events. So 
regular uh, daily limit of 10. We talked about the payouts, um, regular tees, and uh, yeah. I, I, I think this week's going to have a lot of play on it. It's oh, folks yeah. are looking for this, you know, which is going to be assumed to be the sixth course, the sixth live course. So we've had the five for a while now, obviously, since the fall. We're coming in here, getting it for a full week. I believe it's 10 games per day that you're allowed yep. to play on it. I think a lot of folks are going to play it. I, I think I've only played it twice today so far. Uh, I've played all 10. Uh, <laughs> and the first five I was playing with Al Jazz. And then we went we went side by side and did solo for the next five. And for sure they were fa- fully filling faster than we could play them uh, with two on a machine. And then the my solo games kind of were right around 5 o'clock, which is kind of prime time for filling fast. And so they were they, even then they were filling faster than I could play them. Uh, and I think we'll get a lot of that this week. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is the most played events mode uh, of the year, or of, uh, up to this point, I should say. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that for sure. So leading into that, we got events mode this week on Pine Meadow, which we partnered with Eric Nelson on yep. GoldenTFan.com, uh, provided him pictures. I don't know if he was working or whatnot. We were out kind of earlier in the day for that Freaky Friday. So he has posted pictures in full of Pine Meadow. Uh, this is gonna be the setup from this past Freaky Friday, yep. which was our first big look at it, I guess, technically. And he's put those up there, so we're actually gonna do a Pine Meadow breakdown right now. Yeah, and he's, he's uh, like, like Will said, the images are from the Freaky Friday, but he's also linked to some uh, videos mm. uh, below the pictures. Uh, I think a, most of those are from the Freaky Friday, but I think as people play the events mode this week, he'll start to accumulate some more videos or different shots that people are playing. Because we've said it's events mode this week, and it's very much like prize play, but officially next Monday, it is released for prize play Heck and yeah. glory play, and I believe invites. They've never explicitly said that, said that, but in the schedule they said released in all Forks, play types. Yeah. So I would assume that starting next Monday, we will be able to play invites on Pine Meadow. And so Will and I wanted to break down hole by hole. Uh, actually, let's start before we even get to the holes, uh, and maybe we'll, talking about hole one, we'll we'll talk about the the equipment that we're using. That's a, that's a great point when you get right to hole one because that's uh, where you and I actually had conversation this afternoon about hole one. Yeah, I think uh, it's worked out okay for me because on all the courses this year, I've talked about I'm using streaks, and if I was going to change one, I'd change Beals, but I don't like to change for one course uh, but in this in this case I'm using streaks on Pine Meadow and it's and it's largely it's largely because of hole one but also a lot of the holes toward the end don't have those extreme down greens that you can get in trouble if you've got streaks like yeah. like Beals 18 right Beals 18 if you've got a big tailwind it's a down 10 you can get a little into a little bit of trouble there uh, not the case on Pine Meadow there's a couple that are kind of over the over a hill and between some trees and into a down six, but they're enough downhill that the streaks don't get you into a ton of trouble. So I'm using streaks. Um, I have Fox is using using streaks. Uh, Al Jazz was playing with barrages today. I suspect he'll switch to streaks because I was getting hole one a lot more often than he was. So uh, yeah. And then in terms of uh, the clubs, pretty much my standard set. I know uh, Fox and Al Jazz were playing with a nine wood. Uh, we played with a nine wood last Freaky Friday because there was a couple fulls that were really good with the nine wood, yeah. uh, and then they carried that through into the events mode. But uh, that nine wood, it's a, it's a fickle beast. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, so they were playing with it, and it, man, that club just does, the distance distance isn't right. I think it's a really good club for the daily and for fulls, but for regular play, I just don't like the nine wood. So I'm kind of using my my standard bag that I've talked about a hundred times before: gap wedge, nine iron, nine bird, seven bird, five bird, uh, eight wood, three bird, six wood, five wood, four wood, three wood. The the newer high loft ten and a half, which I now have in all my bags. Uh, and then the eight and a half driver in this case. So that's the one that kind of, depending on the course, in this case, really I want that eight and a half for that extra distance on hole one. Agreed. Yeah, so going over my bag, so far I'm still on razors. I'm, I'm kind of a stubborn bastard in that regard. Uh, I have a feeling that it's going to catch up to me, though, with the streaks during this week's events mode, as well as the full release coming out next week. I think I'm going to have to go streaking. Uh, after seeing you play and some of the other guys play this during events mode here, uh, not not being able to get hole one, uh, it was kind of painful on some of those to play the events, go into hole one, try to you know chush it on hole one or whatnot, and a bunch of you know really good players, a bunch of bangers are getting eagle every time. Where immediately right off the bat, I'm down a stroke. Uh, incredibly frustrating. You, you don't want to have to chase early, so I, I'd probably side with you and go with streaks for our common users. I uh, and I, I was ten for ten driving hole one. Uh, I did. I missed a couple of those putts, but I was uh, I was ten for ten on the putts. Yeah, so we're gonna ten for ten on the driving and not ten for ten on the putts. <laughs> so kicking it off hole one. Uh, the distance we we saw Freaky Friday, I believe, what was it, four hundred and seven yards? I can't. Yeah, it was a tailwind, but I can't, I can't recall uh, offhand here. Four hundred and ten yards uh, on the Freaky Friday, and yeah, seeing you drive it so often, it's either going to leave you on the green. You may have a long putt, or it's going to get you down there just off the green with a very makeable flat chip running I, it at the hole. And on the Freaky Friday, I was actually going straight at it. Mm -hmm. um, and but for. Uh, 95% of the time it's probably an A1 because the Freaky Friday happened to have a front pin with a bit of a tailwind um, so I was able to go straight at it but I think most of the time it's going to be a, or a C3 sorry not an A1 so uh, yeah get it on the green and make your uh, make your putt it, luckily that big of a green it's a nice flat green so uh, flat yeah, putt yeah definitely some room for error so right away hole 2 uh, after hole 1 hopefully you get your eagle uh, this is going to be a T-tax right here Tony as we like to call it yeah and today, so in the freaky, we were kind of far back in the box, and so you, there was definitely a shot there where you wouldn't have to use a tee. I was working on a full. I was working on fulls that did use a tee, and kind of moving the tee around. But we could have, if this was a, if last freakies was a regular prize play event, I would have probably done it without a tee. But the events mode today, like eight out, eight out of the ten setups were right up front, right by a tree. Where if you're looking straight at the green, the tree looks like it's dead in the way. Yeah. And then magically, use that T, scoot it over, all of a sudden the tree's not in the way. Yeah. So a little bit of a T tax there. Uh, but yeah, other, you know, once you move it and get that, tea, that tree out of your way, not such a bad hole. Yeah, pretty green. Pretty yeah. flat green. Although sometimes it says flat, sometimes it says left one, but uh, pretty flat green and, you know, should be an eagle most of the time. That's a very and it's a very yeah. deep bunker to the left of that green, so definitely avoid that. I, I was in there a couple times when I was trying to find foals for the daily, and uh, it's a death trap down there, especially for someone like me who only has a gap wedge as their highest lofty club. Yeah, a little bit of a uh, ridge or a mound in front of the green as well, so yep. it's not uh, something you'll probably take a low tee at, or even if you get a long one, uh, you're, you're definitely going to have to get some loft on there if you have that front pin trying to attack it. Uh, but moving on to hole three. Um, 
going back to the old school, I used to play this course during the old school, and it's transitioned well now over to live play. Um, it's it's, it's, it's kind of weird having an early par 3, specifically here, hole 3, that has you know an uphill green with a left 4, and there's a good amount of hazard there. Yeah, this, uh, this looks like a more recent hole 12 or something like that. Yes. Uh, not that it's a hard hole by any means, but it, there's just a lot of slope in the green. Uh, and uh, and it, because it plays right in the, there's a there's a zone there of distance where I don't have a lot of clubs. I've got the nine iron, and then I jump all the way to the nine hybrid, and then I jump to the seven hybrid. So there's really not that many clubs in a pretty pretty wide zone of yardages. And, yeah. and this hole falls right in that zone. Yeah, and, and so compared to old school courses, which Pine Meadows is, compared to new school courses, uh, this is still a relatively small green in comparison yeah. with some of the recent years, and this is only hole three here, Tony. So I think whether it's dropping a tee, I think we're going to have to pay a tee tax on this hole sometimes, uh, depending how far on the left the tee box is. we got a couple tee boxes here, but to your point, just trying to ensure that you're comfortable with the distance you have in, factoring in the slope of the green, the wind, and so forth. And it's downhill. I mean, yes. it's, you know, it's up six or seven, depending, and it's downhill, so... That, you know, there's a lot going on here mm-hmm. um, for, for early part for three, yeah. part three, yeah, or for early part three especially. Uh, next up, we got hole four, which is a I'll I'll say non-drivable par four. Although in the uh, the freaky Friday way back in November, I was getting close, and then I got on the fringe a couple times. Uh, but for the most part, so for last freaky Friday, uh, last week. I was knocking it out in the fairway for a, a dead straight thumb shot, uh, nine bird or, or nine wood or seven wood, kind of depending. Yeah, on the, the up to sneaky half right one degree or ha- half yeah, degree to it, the right. It, it was say up three, but there was actually a little bit of right break in that, so you had to use the the two wind to kind of offset that. But uh, <laughs> but what I found today in the events mode is I actually went in the bunker short of the green more often than the fairway. Were, were you sand sniping? I was sand sniping. Uh, and I didn't have any setups that where the pin was super close to that bunker, but it's still, I'd rather have a 130-yard seven-bird uphill out of the bunker than something from the fairway like an eight-wood. And so I ended up going in that bunker uh, a decent amount, probably six out of the ten games that I played today. Yeah, green is slightly elevated. Uh, the tee box in comparison with the fairway, pretty much on plane, but then your approach shot is going to be going uphill. So this isn't a hole where ho- hopefully the bag you choose for this course doesn't have, you know, a one iron, a two iron, a three iron because you're definitely gonna have have a lofted wood coming into this ideally, um, or a short iron depending on how far you want to hit it up there into the fairway. Yeah, and and in terms of getting to the bunker, so the the tee box is relatively small, but from the front I'm doing uh, a C three like a high T C three to get into that bunker. Uh, you don't want to get like. It, you don't want to get it way, way out, especially with like an eight and a half degree driver, because you might not get all the way back to the bunker. But from the back part of that tee box, it's actually a little bit safer shot. There's a path, so you turn like an extra couple to the left, and there's a path away from the water that you can kind of go down uh, and play a play a one type shot down that path into that bunker to set yourself up for the sand snake. Yep. Or go to the fairway. It's a much simpler shot, yeah. but uh, not nearly as fun. All right, so we're going to go over to hole five here. Uh, This is a drivable par four. We talked about it uh, coming into this year. We have some multi-tiered greens again this year, and this is one of those holes. Uh, The top portion is the uphill portion, or excuse me, 
the back portion of the green is the uphill portion, yep. and that's a pretty damn big ridge. We've seen some smaller ridges, and this one's pretty interesting. It's a drivable par four, the Freaky Friday. It was down in the front left, which was the bottom portion of it. Mm -hmm. And we had some setups today in events mode where the pin is tucked up, up on the top part of the green, just a yard or two off, uh, just past the ridge, just right next to the uh, fringe over on the left-hand side. So I think this could be a uh, sneaky, difficult hole this early on. Yeah, and it can play pretty long. It can probably max out at about 335, 340 yards. I haven't seen anyone quite that long, but I can imagine it gets about that far. And you know, when, when that's when the pin is down below, not such a hard hole. Yeah, you got you know, a backboard I mean, back there. Yeah, you can, you know, if you go a little long, you're bouncing off that slope that we'll talk about. It, it's that top pin that's a real problem. What I've found for me playing streaks, this would not work with grabbers or or rhizoids or. Um, the other barrage, barrage. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing my eight and a half degree driver bite and you mm. can hit about halfway up that hill and it'll just kind of bounce up and check pretty nice. pretty tasty little shot um, but yeah uh, it can be a tough hole uh, there's a couple I, at least one uh, hole out uh, that uh, that uh, is on Golden Tee Fan again from the Freaky Friday last Friday I'm uh, it was a full or no I don't think it was a full I played a full I was playing we were both playing full shots into this on, on Friday. Correct. Um, trying to get the hole out. And I, I this is actually one of the hole outs I did hole out in my quote-unquote four hole out. My four better. That turned into a three better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to uh, hole six. We got another par four here. Uh, this is where it starts to get interesting. So we've talked a little bit about tee to green elevation coming in here, uh, whether it was a par three, whether it was a par four that you're throwing it into the fairway. Uh, drivable par four here again and we're gonna have a little bit of elevation change and do a downhill green uh, with a green that slopes away. Yeah, and so uh, Al and I did a little exploring today. <laughs> Magellan. Yeah, we were Lewis Magellan, and Clark. Lewis and Clarking, because it's a two-player game, so if it was solo, we'd be Magellaning. Uh, but uh, in this case, I, we were playing around with, and on the screenshot on Golden Tee Fan, just right of center is a tree that has some space above it on the, on the image. And that's the one we're working on getting over. And so a high tee, any sort of high tee gets over that, other than a driver. Uh, you know, a ten and a half high tee gets over that, and a uh, three wood high tee. And with a headwind, that works pretty well. Even with my streaks into a down six, it's enough downhill with a headwind, stops no problem. Gotcha. And so what we ended up playing around with and weren't sure about is what gets over there without a high tee. So and you can keep your spin, yeah, your so back you spin, your, or your bike, yeah. And so a five, a four, and a three, and I assume I haven't played the ten and a half yet. Um, the ten and a half, I think, will get over as well. Uh, you don't want to put too much cut on it because if you put a little cut on it, it's not going to go quite as high. But for sure, a straight over three wood does get over that tree, and then you keep your spin, which for streakers like us is, uh, can be a big deal. Yeah. So again, with these old school courses, we're seeing kind of a smallish green here. I mean, if yeah. if you look at the screenshot, you see the size of the tee box, which isn't a terribly big tee box. And then you look at the size of the green. There's uh, there's not much room to work with here. It's it's not like some of the holes, Pine Meadow number one, absolutely huge green. But even early on in this round, these greens aren't, aren't that big on some of the holes. Uh, I look forward to seeing the maxed out putt distance on some of these. Uh, hashtag oh vanguards. Oh, he's he's planting that seed already. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll find that out next week. <laughs> I'm not going to play vanguards on a uh, events mode just to, just to get a long putt. Well, I shouldn't say I won't. I probably won't. 
Yeah, we'll see if the uh, the Blue Mountains get to you. And yeah. You get a little antsy on that one. Uh, but yeah, hole six, uh, you know, it's it's not too hard of a shot, but there's enough no. work going on there that uh, it can be a little bit difficult. Yeah, I, I think with these smaller greens, I think folks are going to really have to hone in their game. And as we continue with our course breakdown, I think we'll probably go back to that a lot. You know, this is going to help people with their cut shots, their distance, whether they're thumbers, whether they're palmers. Uh, I think it's going to tighten up folks' games as we see some of the previous years and the big greens, the big tee boxes where you got a lot of room and a lot of margin for error. And I think this is going to help folks improve their game. Yeah, there's a really interesting mix on this course, actually, of, of small greens and big greens. And, and we'll get to some of those really, really difficult small ones later. I can already uh, see them coming. Uh, and Al Jazz is already having nightmares. <laughs> uh, but we should uh, get to hole seven here. Uh, par five, very short par five. I've, and uh, as the crow flies, uh, I don't know what it says on the freaky. Freaky says 400. I've had some, I had some setups today in the 360s. Uh, so I've been searching for, through those trees for some holes. And any club that I think will get far enough just does not have enough loft. Interesting. At some point, we might uh, we might see some shot that works. I haven't found it yet. Uh, I've gotten a little bit lucky with uh, getting at least in the events mode today. Try I, twice I tried to get through there. Both times I got out of there with an eagle. Uh, but for the most part, we should probably talk about the straightforward approach to this hole, which is some sort of a one. Yeah. This is this can be a little bit of a sneaky tough hole because you don't want to get too far. That You've got that bunker straight ahead of you, but there's a big slope down into that bunker. And yep. If you get in that bunker, you're screwed. Jail. It's a gap wedge, nine iron out. And so you got to be really careful about not going too far. So I've played a couple of like low T, eight and a half drivers. I've actually skipped it off that creek. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, just don't be too far. Uh, and then the green is a kind of a tough green. Yeah, another for, multi-tier. For, for two reasons. One, the multi-tier. Uh, and then the daily... The pin was just over that tier. It was a headwind, so that helped. But uh, but you know the the top tier again is probably the tougher. But the bottom tier, the thing with the bottom tier is that fringe in front. It's like it's not even there. It might as well just go from green into the water because it's a it's a sloped fringe down into the water. Uh, so it you know if you're anywhere short of that green, you're going in the water. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of goodness. I, I want to say Antelope eighteen, that par four. Yeah. Where if your ball is tracking, and you're like, oh, I got you know, three feet of green. That oh, it'll stop in that. No, it's it's gone. Yeah. I fell victim to that as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, it should be an eagle most times, but there's there's a couple little aspects to this hole that can uh, that can come up and grab you. Yeah. To your point about the multi-tier green, I know uh, in the daily, unfortunately. I uh, found myself coming up short with a five bite and being on the low side of the slope and trying to putt straight uphill. And that that slope right there, that can rock it. You can go long, that thing will get airborne. Yeah, there's, uh, uh, I, I think some of the feedback previously on some of the tiered greens, especially on like Rattlesnake, when they first started kind of incorporating them back in, was that you didn't get up the tier, right? That was the worst. Very frustrating. You'd be below yeah. the, and then you'd try to get up the tier and it wouldn't get up it. You know, you're just dumping strokes at that point. And I think that was solved with this year's courses. I don't, I've only like a couple times maybe had a, had a putt on the wrong side of a tier that didn't get up. And that's when you're like right up against the tier. Yeah. Um, but in this case, they've got some programming in there to make sure you get up that tier. 
Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it can be problematic. I, I remember seeing from I don't know if it was from the events mode or what from the daily back in November. The split fifty fifty on the remastered. Yeah, courses. but it yeah. was uh, like hole five that that the other one with the gigantic tier, and someone puttered up it and it just like rocketed over the tier. Oh. Into the oh, bunker behind. Oh God, yeah. I, I thought the person was almost going to get OB. That thing yeah. just took off. Uh, but this is another one where I was down below and I said, "Will, do you think I need to cut putt this up a tier?" Which, of course, we would never do before. But I, I legitimately like went up the tier and rolled over going up the tier. And so you got to be a little bit careful. Uh, I'm glad to always get up the tier. Yes. Sometimes it's a little too effective. Yeah, lo- long term, uh, long term with that, I, I think that's going to be good for newer players and intermediate players because, to your point, getting stuck down on the wrong tier when you have to putt up and your ball won't even get up the tier when you're hitting the bejesus out of the ball. Very frustrating thing yeah. to happen. Yeah. Uh, I would rather be on the frustrated side of hitting the ball too hard and it does, in fact, go too far. Just like real putt, if you wound up and were on the green, your ball would go flying. So I think in that sense, it's uh, a little more realistic. Uh, and, and I'd rather have that happen than your ball stalling on the slope and then rolling back down. And yeah, very frustrating part of the game there. Uh, all right, on to hole eight. Uh, relatively straightforward par three, but I had a couple interesting things happen on the events mode today. Uh, I managed to get wet twice on this hole today. Ooh, do which tell. Which is uh, not very good. Uh, the first one was kind of just a weird distance. I was kind of in between and hit kind of a cruddy shot. I hit a nine hybrid and I tried to take distance off and it went too far. Just a bad shot. The second one, there's three tee boxes. In the, in the screenshot on Golden Tee Fan, you can only see two of them, but there's a third one further back. And the pin was on the right, and the wind was blowing right to left. So, okay, Will, put yourself, put yourself in, this, in this place. Okay. Pin's on the right, wind's blowing right to left. So, but it wasn't a very strong wind, so I'm just going to palm it out to the right a little bit with a 9-iron. Yep. Easy shot. No, there's a tree there. Oh. I mean, you can see trees on the right, but there's some branches up there that stick out further than you'd expect. So we're not talking oh. Invisileaves. No, we're talking, it was just a branch. So that, you need to hold down flyby to check if you have any obstacles. Yeah, and for sure, if you find yourself in that back box with that right pin, uh, take care because uh, there are uh, there's, some, there's some branches up branches there. Branches in play. And I, that was the other one I got wet. I clipped the branch and got wet. Also interesting... Uh, I got the front box with the front of the screen, and it was like 46 yards. Ooh. Uh, Lemon hold it out, of course. <laughs> he probably chushed it in, but uh, but uh, I ended up having, because a gap wedge, right? It's 70, 70, 70 yards. yards, and so I had to, like, low T, full cut, cut maybe. Yeah. yeah. And I made it work, but... Uh, I don't. I didn't know that I it could play that short, and so uh, know that know that it can play down to like forty five yards. So you talked about that earlier with your pine metal bag, your shortest club being a gap wedge at seventy yards. We've already covered seven previous holes. This is the eighth hole. Uh, seeing how often it's randomized with the tee boxes and pin placement, do you see this as a course where you could potentially put a lob wedge in your bag? I know you're a very experienced player where in theory you shouldn't be in those bunkers too often. And if you do get that short, you know, hole 843 yards or whatnot with a tailwind, uh, I, I think you're good enough obviously to cut down a gap wedge, but do you see a point where maybe over the course of time you're getting that, you know, 40% of the time and feel like it's a club where you can succeed? Yeah, I, I think I would, if I was recommending, let's let's say a 22 to 24 handicap person, mm-hmm. I would probably recommend they have a lob wedge in. Because there's a there's a couple holes. There's this hole, which is a, it's a really odd setup to get it that short. But again, uh, it can be that short. But I'm trying to think of the bunkers that I've been in. Uh, hole two, I talked about the deep bunker there. 
hole 18, the bunker over the green there is really yes. deep, and I had some problems with my gap wedge on one setup earlier. Um, and we'll we'll see uh, going forward. I'm not I'm I'm off the yeah. top of my head. That's the only only ones I can think of that have really deep bunkers. So closing out the front side here, we're going to bring it over to hole nine. This is a drivable par four. Back in the day, uh, prior to tees and only having just your standard club, medium tee, and either a naked shot, which means no spin or backspin, this hole used to always kill me. A lot of times back in the day, you were cutting a ball into this hole. Uh, this used to be a very tough hole for me. Now, uh, this past Freaky Friday, uh, it seemed like a four or five wood straight over the top. They seemed to clear those trees, not playing many cut shots into this. We actually had one look earlier where I felt comfortable taking a 310-yard 8.5 driver and just thumbing it dead at the hole with bite. Yeah, I, I, of the 10 setups that I had today, I had a couple that were, you know, quote-unquote T-saver mm -hmm. setups. Uh, where you could just palm a three wood, or, or that I was in that same setup you were talking about, and I think I ended up just like thumbing a, a ten and a half degree. But uh, I think for the most part, you're going to be using a tee here. Uh, for sure, if you're on the right hand side of the tee box, you want to move it to the left to get out away from that cliff a little bit so you can get a little bit straighter look. But also, the, the trees that are up near the green, if you hit a five wood or a four wood, you can get up over those with a high tee yeah. and a three wood if you really pound it if the pin's in the back. Uh, one thing I noticed today, uh, Al Jazz was unfortunate enough to be uh, the uh, the person that found the fact that the, the right-hand fringe on this hole will, again, much like that par 5 we talked about a couple holes ago, it will just roll down right into the water. So no so the, no stoppage, no nothing. The pin was on the right-hand side, and he just missed it, and it just rolled. It was trickling, and it should have stopped right on the edge of the fringe. Nope. Gone right so, down in the water. So did he miss his drive, or was that a missed putt? Sorry, Aljaz had to say that. Yeah, that was uh, that was on the drive. <laughs> okay, okay, you're you're safe now, Aljaz. So as we flip it over, uh, coming into hole ten, we got a par four here. I don't think this is going to be drivable. Um, this is more of just throw it in the fairway, have a nice short iron approach. Uh, but this looks like there's some ramp potential. I agree. Though with, I don't think often. With streaks, streaks don't ramp. Correct. And so you're not going to be able to, if you're playing streaks, you're not going to be able to ramp it. And and if anything, I'm not even sure, if you if you are able to ramp it, as I'm sure you will a couple times this year, Will, uh, I'm not sure it's going to hold the green. Like, if you ramp it and clear that bunker right in front of that green, it's, it's going to go over the green. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not even sure of the benefit. Uh, for the for me right now, it's just kind of a knock it out in the fairway and try to have a, a five hybrid in and kind of uh, you know it's an uphill shot so it's uh, it can be a little bit of an uphill sniper right some take a little bit of the wind out because it's an uphill shot but uh, yeah I think it's a pretty standard par it's it's our first kind of pretty standard par four on this course I think I, I would agree so I, I think ninety five percent of the time unless I have a tailwind and I'm down a couple strokes in my round uh, potentially trying to get up short of the green or anything yeah this is going to be a fairway throw it in the fairway get your club selection if you have a four iron five iron six iron seven iron or whatnot uh, you're definitely going to have club selection it's a decent sized green so you're going to have the shot to club down put roll on it just go right at the hole with nothing or club up put back spinner bite on it a uh, lot of options here get your birdie move on hole 11 uh F fun little hole here. A couple different options. So I'm going to crack another uh, oh, cool light going here. faster than I am. 
Yeah. You sprayed me with that one. Sorry. You, uh, I'll look you, it out there. Yeah, you started drinking a little bit before I did today, so I'm trying to get yeah, the game no, here. Hey, come so, on. So par five, uh, it's not that terribly long of a hole, depending on what you make it. Uh, you're typically going to have a mid, mid-range wood. I find myself using either uh, four wood, five wood, even a three wood, uh, depending on the setup here. If I go to the left fairway, there's going to be two different options. The much easier way with the you know introduction of tees here is to actually go deep in the fairway. The deepest part of the fairway, you're either going to hit a 180, just a straight up B2, cold cock the ball, and go that route, or potentially in the deep fairway as well, the long portion of the fairway, hitting A1 into this. Uh, I think a lot of this, number one, is wind dependent, and number two, probably the more obvious and biggest portion of this, is where the pin is located. Yeah, I think uh, in the, the freaky, I was hitting an A1 just because I was able to be consistent with it uh, in terms of leaving myself with a pretty standard distance. Um, you, we talked about the two ways you can go. The most direct route is that fairway kind of straight at the pin. I haven't been in there. I haven't gone that way once. Oh, interesting. I'm, I'm not sure what the benefit of that is. I. I'll probably play around with it once it gets open and I can play it at home and I'll, I'll do some testing. Uh, every time I've gone the kind of the, the more dog leg route, go deep with a, and, a, and in the events mode today, I ended up doing a lot of straights. I did a couple of A1s, but for the most part I was going straight with a high tee and just bombing it out there. Leaving, and again, depending on where you're on the green, where the pin is on the green, it's gonna be a, a, a five wood, a four wood, a three wood or something like that. Yeah, I think to Tony's point, I have definitely gone a couple times uh, short to the left. Uh, unfortunately, what that brings in is there's two groups of trees. You have to okay. be you have to be nestled between those two groups of trees. The nice part of that is is if the pin is on the right hand side of the green, you're going to have a six wood or a five wood coming in. Uh, the other fun part of that is that uh, if the pin is tucked on the left, you're going to have a really tough cut shot. So. Number one, your drive, you have to stay clear of the trees because your approach shot can potentially hit the trees going into the green. But then you also have a big wall on the left. So a yeah. lot of times you can hit it straight if it's on the right portion of the green. But wind dependent, pin dependent, you're going to have a cut shot coming into that green. So I find myself uh, siding with you a lot, Tony, where with tees now, I'm just going long into the fairway. And even if you don't get past the rock mound, say you got a headwind, say you don't have a clear look of the green, you can still throw it out there, take your birdie, and you're going to have a straightforward birdie. Going to the left, you bring water into play, you bring trees into play, you bring the wall into play, you bring trees up on the wall into play. Uh, Sounds like a lot of stuff in play that I don't yeah. want in play. Yeah, correct. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I, I will definitely play around with it because as Will was talking there, I was just kind of I was doing my best uh, detective work on this uh, one screenshot we have. And uh, I'm I'm wondering, is there an eight wood shot there? If you go left of that yes, second I, grove, I, I've, I've hit uh, I have hit eight woods into that, even being short between the two trees, similar to where on Golden Tee Fan the pointer is. Yeah, uh, you're just trying to get in between those two trees, right at the edge of the fairway. And I have hit eight wood into that before. Okay. All right, so yeah, I mean, I'll play around with it, yeah. and uh, I just haven't done it yet. You can report back. That's uh, that's going to be your next homework. week. Yeah. No, no, not next week because a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks. Uh, all right, next up, hole twelve. I would say I'm trying to think back. Probably the toughest hole so far. Yeah. Um, it, and there can be some pretty easy setups. I think of my of my ten rounds on events mode today, uh, there was, I'd say five of them that I would I would deem as easy, and then. I'd say three that were medium and two that were really difficult. It can uh, it can play pretty long, 
and with a headwind, uh, you know, I was playing kind of a weird shot on the uh, daily. I was playing like a the freaky off. Friday. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. The, the freaky oh, Friday. Friday. I w- it was a I was doing like a full three wood palm pretty hard, uh, only because I was able to be pretty consistent with it. Other guys were doing just like a bite, eight and a half degree driver. I'm not I don't remember what uh, did we have we seen a stream from the uh, power cave from last week? I don't remember. Uh, but, I have not. But uh, but yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a long green, big break. The winds are up because we're on hole twelve at this point, so you can get some winds up in the. 12 mile per hour range and, and you know there can be some pretty tough setups here I hit one especially poor shot with a it was a long <laughs> setup and I must have been 20 yards short but uh, yeah I mean there can be some really tough setups and some really not that tough setups on this one I think that this hole has the potential makings of a hole 18 w- would you agree with me on the narrow portion of the green I think there are a couple other holes that are, are somewhat similar to this throughout the you know, the history of Golden Tee, just a long, narrow green on a drivable par four. But to see it this early in the backside, this really feels like a hole 15 or a 16 or an 18. I think I think if this green was a little, like, just shrink the green. Like, same mm-hmm. shape, cliff on the right, wad on the left, maybe a little bit smaller fringe, just shrink it a little bit. I think then, then I agree with you. This is a pretty big green, so you've got a lot of bail zone, so it's not so bad. Uh, but yeah, I agree that it does kind of start to look like a hole 18. Um, yeah. All right, hole 13. Uh, we've got a par three, and another multi-tier green, another Tony. Multi-tier, and so I talked about some of the small greens on the back nine, um, and this isn't a particularly small green, but that tier kind of makes it smaller than it otherwise would be, and it kind of. I'm trying to remember. It kind of bisects the green in a way that I don't know that we've gotten a lot of yeah. in our tiered greens. Most of them are like you're hitting straight at the tier, and you're either on the top or the bottom. But you know, straight ahead, you know, the the far side is the top, and the and the near side is the bottom. Well, this one kind of runs through the middle of the green, and also kind of at an angle. So there's a lot going on in this hole, and uh, it just uh, it can be a little yes. bit of a troublesome hole, and it, and it's kind of in that weird zone where you might be hitting an eight wood. Or a, you know, or a three hybrid. These are just shots that we don't do a ton yeah. of, and so especially with a tier in the green, uh, it can be a little bit problematic. Yeah. So this tier looks like it actually angles from about seven p.m. on a clock to about yeah. one p.m. on the clock. And to your point, or, or seven a.m. to one a.m. <laughs> Depending. <laughs> th- th- there you go. If, if you're, uh, <laughs> yeah, more of a morning morning person, night owl. I I probably goofed that up a bit. But yeah, this. Uh, this is a very angled tier, not just in the fact that it's sloped, but in terms of going from T to green at this. It's not one of those where you're basically going down at it and it's you know kind of straight down or straight up in your face. This yeah. is this is angled. This uh, definitely brings some cut shots into play here, and to your point, this really makes the green a lot smaller. Yeah, and I twice today I had huge right to left crosswinds, and I ended up like purposely cutting an eight wood to ride the wind and bounce it up the tier. Interesting. It worked once, it didn't work the other time. <laughs> but it was but I wasn't even sure if it would have like especially with streaks, is it gonna bounce enough to get up the tier? And especially with a right to left wind it will. But then then again, you know that, that upper tier is not very big. So the 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 one time I ended up in the bunker and the other time it ended up, you know, with a twenty foot putt or something. Yeah, rolling over, we'll head over to hole 14 here. We got a par 5 and a couple different options here. We saw in this past Freaky Friday with the setup how it was, uh, 
I think the majority of the folks were just hitting a high T driver, bombing it into the far fairway. Yeah, Tony, you've, left. You've, play, you, you've played more events modes today than I have. Have you seen any setups? Back in the day, a lot of times we were laying up short, trying to get a five wood coming into this green. Uh, there's kind of a little ravine, a little valley. You got some wall, you got some tree in play. Uh, did you find yourself doing that at all? I did that once, and Al ended up doing that three of the five rounds that we played. Okay. So the extra distance that I was getting from the streaks helped me out here. Because uh, then you have not that Al couldn't have for the most couldn't part. have gotten over to the far fairway, but. I think he, you know, you, you got to get it good, and for sure, if he would have gotten 121, then he would have been in the water. He's in trouble, yeah. And so he's he decided it was not worth the risk, and so I guess counting the fairways here, we've got one, two, three, four fairways, and then the green. Uh, first fairway might as well not even be there. Uh, the second fairway is where Al laid up a few times, and and the one where I did lay up, uh, that's where I was. The second fairway, far to the right. Now you need to be a little bit careful there because. As you get closer to the water, it does slope down into the water. Neither of us ended up going in the water, but you could tell that if you got a little aggressive there, uh, you could go down in the water. And from there, you've got a gap kind of through the ravine and the trees. It's probably going to be, depending on the, where the pin is really, it's going to be an 8-wood or a 6-wood or a 5-wood probably. Gotcha. And then from on the Freaky Friday, like you said, we were blasting it over, and that's what I did for the most part today in my events mode. And from there, generally, you've got like a... 140 to 180 yard shot, depending yeah, on. Yeah, you got some club selection. Yeah, because again, it's a pretty big green, actually. Yeah, for for a late par five, correct. All right, uh, hole 15. This is kind of like good uh, hole. Good yeah, hole. it's kind of like hole. What is it? Five or so, five or six? We talked about it was a it was a down six green, uh, and we talked about getting over the trees. What 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 would get over the trees with a high tee, and what would get over with a regular tee? Kind of a similar hole here. Again, I think it's a down six. Uh, smaller green, though. Things have gotten more difficult. You've got some stuff in front of you that's closer to the green, not as far downhill. Uh, and so uh, this can be a little bit difficult. I happen to get pretty darn lucky on this hole twice today. Uh, I hit the, there's, a, there's like a railing at the back of the green, uh, which is essentially the height of a person. So I'm not sure what good that railing is. Uh, you could literally just walk under the railing. So it offers no protection unless you're me and you hit the ball way too far and you hit the railing and stay on the green. And you got that some was ricochet. Nice. Uh, the other time, I was definitely going to go long and I hit the pin on the fly and stayed dry that way. <laughs> so while you're talking about the uh, the pros of that, uh, you know, that railing with the railroad ties on it, uh, the cons that I've seen is that it seems like if you if the pin's in the center of the green, your ball is down on the low side. Yeah. Those railroad ties uh, don't don't go anywhere when you're putting. So all of a sudden, you might not be able to see the pin. You might not be able to see the hole, and you're kind of going blind at it. Yeah, it's not actually blocking anything, yeah. but you you can't see the pin, which is a little bit disconcerting. Right? Oh yeah. It's not it's not actually affecting your shot, but, but know, not being able to see that hole can be. Yeah, I think a it's mentally tough. mind screwing me. Yeah. Well, and that that's one of the re like so they've got a. I play pretty normal hats in my uh, Golden Tee player outfits. Right? Yes. A stocking cap or something pretty normal. Some people play these like, you know, a, a spaceman, a helmet, or, or whatever. Yeah. But I can't because some of those block the hole and I can't handle it. Oh, that like, drives me bonkers. Like, I can't I can't have an outfit where the hole's blocked. It just won't work for me. If, if I'm playing head-to-head -head in a match and there's someone where all of a sudden it's like on the fifth hole and they have some, you know, 87-yard or 87 foot putt 
and their hat is blocking the hole, for some reason, my confidence level, even if they make that putt, I'm like, it may not happen on this hole, but later in the round, they're going to get blocked again by their own hat, and I'm going to gain a stroke Advantage right there. Advantage Sandstead. Yeah, that's oh. just my personal preference as well. I'll agree with you 100% on that. I avoid anything that's going to block my view of the hole. Uh, but back to actual hole 15 here. <laughs> uh, what I found uh, today was I hit a lot of like three woods and 290 drivers. Uh, I think I had a big tailwind one, uh, big tailwind one time, and I hit a, a six wood. Uh, stopped pretty quick, actually. There's a little bit of downhill here, so even with a tailwind, the streaks are able to stop. Uh, but I hit a lot of three woods and five and uh, two ninety drivers. You might have to cut it through that gap in the trees a little bit just to fight the wind, because uh, that gap in the trees is not that big. So if you've got a big crosswind, yeah. you might need to fight it in order to you know get through there and, and stay on the green straight. Yeah, good, good hole. Jim Z, uh, this whole course, I, I really like it, and especially in the reimagined format. Yeah. So coming up, hole 16, uh, par 5. Uh, we have a long fairway here, so everyone, in theory, should get a shot. As long as you don't get 121 or hit a goofy shot or whatnot, uh, you should get a shot and have an eagle late in your round on hole 16 here. Yeah, not the best hole 16. No. Uh, this, this feels more like a front 9 par 5. Uh, not a lot of risk here. I, I don't see a lot of... There's there's not a lot of strokes to be gained here. More often strokes will be gained from holeouts than from screw-ups. And I think that that is not the best thing for a hole 16. Uh, having said that, <laughs> uh, I've talked about my 4-better that turned into a 3-better. Yes. And it was on this hole. Uh, I think you were offset, is that correct? Yeah, so I, I, hit a, I, I had a shot where I was thumbing my driver straight ahead, and then I had... from I was in the left-hand first cut. And I had a straight-in uh, 290 driver with backspin. Worked great. Uh, it offset me because apparently I was too close to a tree. I don't know. <laughs> so then I hit a very poor shot, uh, and then I missed a, I don't know, 30-foot putt from there. So my 4-better turned into a 3-better. Uh, thanks for the offset, Jim Z. Uh, but for the most part, this is a pretty straightforward hole. Uh, should be an eagle every time. You got a lot of slope yep. here. Uh, long putt opportunities on this hole, I believe. Uh, I, I was uh, doing some measuring with the uh, distance uh, meter today. The rangefinder. It looks like uh, <laughs> looks like we could uh, we could get all the way up to about 180 or 190 foot putt on this one, uh, which won't work. Which will which actually is not that good of a distance at all because Vanguard that'll roll over. They, you know you're gone at 180. And hole one is pretty juicy. Uh, hole one's pretty juicy, uh, but in terms of actual like streaks or razors or grabbers, you're probably going to be. A, if I had streaks, I could probably make a 100. 50 foot putt, 160 foot putt on, because it'll be a down, uh, down eight on this hole. So get your long putt record on this hole. Otherwise, it's not worth much. Yeah, for for a hole 16, this late in your round, to Tony's point, get your eagle, move on, uh, maybe get some shotties, but yeah, because you've got a tough is, one coming. Yeah, th this is a pretty straightforward par five. So take it over, hole 17. This is uh, this is woo, this is a doozy here. So this caused Al <laughs> to uh, talk about the hardest. <laughs> par threes in golden tee history and he thought that this might be the hardest and, uh, I, d I disagree I don't think it's quite that hard but I think it's at least in the discussion because there's a lot of stuff going on here T top fiver for sure I would yeah, think yeah you know, we talked about um, Heather 17 Heather that 17 uh, the one on uh, not Coral Vista but uh, it's it was a short it was a short up 10 with a cliff Grand Savannah no oh gosh I'm going for this we, we, we need more show prep work. Can, can you know, tell whoops. we've been off for three weeks here? I know. We're <laughs> off our game. 
but uh, but this one's tough. I mean, it can. You don't have a ton of distance on the, that can vary on the tee. I mean, it's kind of a big tee box, but not really. Uh, but it's that green, man. It's a it's a skinny green, small fringes, and you Slight got water. uphill. Slight uphill, big winds. We've had some. T- I mean, we had some tough setups on this whole day, and there's a lot of water balls. I happen to find like a nine wood full on this for the daily that worked pretty well. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's a tough hole. Yeah, it's it's an hourglass shaped green. Uh, not a lot of room for error. We we talk about big greens here and there on pine meadows. We talk about small greens. Uh, this is about as small as a dang gets, and it, it bottlenecks right in the middle. Uh, and you, you can definitely get kinslered on this green if you yeah. find yourself uh, find yourself short in the pins in the back, or if you find yourself long in the pins in the front. Uh, kinslered, aka uh, being on the green, but having the fringe not having or, a direct look at the hole. Yeah, and then having the fringe there and an obstacle there, and in this case, that's going to be water. Yeah, and uh, so not that you want to purposely go in the water, of course, but if you're going, if you think you might be going in the water, then I would advise you go in the left-hand water, because that is a far easier chip, much juicier drop, uh, much more high, much more uh, likely par from that spot than the right-hand water. Uh, ideally, don't go in the water at all. Uh, we haven't even mentioned the little mound in front. Of the green again uphill and now you've got this weird mound in front which will definitely kick you in the water yep. uh, so that adds another element but again uh, this is uh, this is definitely a good reason to have hybrids in your bag I hit my nine hybrid a lot on this hole today I hit my seven hybrid a lot I had to cut down a wood which was a pretty freaking scary shot but I mean it can <laughs> it can play a lot of uh, pretty wild distances uh, but those hybrids land real soft, especially with streaks. Throw a little backspin on that, just kind of boom, boom. Quick check, done. Yeah. And so with a headwind, it'd be bite. But so I'm gonna throw a question at you that we didn't talk about in our uh, pre-production meeting here today. What pre-production is that? Well, I don't think we ever do that. Oh, that, that's right. Okay, we just kind of go on the fly here. So, Golden Tee hole 17. Can you remember a hole 17, par three on Golden Tee, or I should say a closing? Par three, yeah. the last par three of the round, that has a flat green. I, I think Tony's head may have just exploded, no, but uh, I think he's, I he, think he's, definitely not. He, he's going into the archive here, but we, we talked about Jim Zielinski designing this course. Uh, it's a great hole, and, and I'll be damned if it's not a frustrating hole. But I think this is a very great hole. Can you imagine if this hole had like a up six? Oh gosh, people oh. wouldn't even play this course. People oh, would lose gosh. their shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, this you, green you, was up six. Oh my god! Yeah, you thought people flipped out Frick, on up ro- three. Yeah, you <laughs> thought. Yeah, you think this is like a miniature version almost of Royal Dubai eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, ooh, it, it, it's a doozy. So if you haven't gotten out and played the previous Freaky Friday, the uh, other ones where they were mixed up, half Pine Meadows, half Crawdad, get out and play events mode because this hole alone, uh, if you're playing money games with your buddies, um. I, I would play for the birdie. I'd play for the par. Get the hell out of there. Take their money. Pay for your beer for the night. You're good to go. Yeah. All right. On to a much easier hole. Although it's not an easy hole. I should, shouldn't should say that. Uh, hole 18. Drivable par 4, of course. Uh, on the freaky, I was hitting my 7 wood with just some backspin. Uh, it was a tailwind, if I remember. Yeah, there we got the picture. 16 yeah. tailwind. Um, 
I found myself doing a lot of eight woods. So again, on the freaky, I had a nine wood and a seven wood. That's kind of my daily bag. It's better for fulls. Uh, in my normal bag, I've got the eight wood, and I hit a lot of eight woods on this hole today. Some high T, some not. Uh, those trees on the right, Al was Al was flirting with those trees a lot, kind of, almost kind of on purpose, just to explore them. Mm -hmm. uh, they it really was not hitting those trees. So I think you've got a little bit more room than you think. Um, I. I, at one setup, I actually tried to murder an, a high T9 hybrid, and I got 121. I don't think it would have gotten there, because I think it was about 15 or 20 yards short, but uh, for sure my high T7 hybrid would have gotten there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, for the most part, it's going to be a 789 wood, uh, maybe a 7 hybrid, I'm not sure. Yeah, see, seeing your look today, uh, I was trying to, believe it or not, do some podcast research and oh, happened, yeah. to, happened to come around the corner here at the Fox Den, Burnsville Station, Banger Bunker, whatever you want to call it. Saw Tony's setup, uh, wondering when we were going to start the podcast. He had this whole 18, like he said, uh, he went with a 9 hybrid with that tailwind and a good tee box position. Uh, I think I might have gotten there. I, I, I think I might consider putting in the 7 or 8 hybrid for that tailwind. Eight, eight, eight hybrid would be really juicy. Yeah, it, and that's what I'm saying is that you're basically playing that straight up, whereas yeah. if you had a wood, you were going to have to try to loop it around the tree, play in the wind, play in the factor of the green. With that hybrid, I saw you look at that, and you were just like, I'm going straight at. Yeah. No, 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 no worries about cutting the ball or anything like that. All right, well, that's Pine Meadow. Uh, I think for the most part, par on Pine Meadow is uh, minus 30. 30, I, I would agree with that, yeah. That's I, assuming I you can get hole one. And I think there's no other holes that are like, is this a is this drivable, isn't this drivable? I think, you know, straight up it's a it's a par of minus 30, and uh, go from there. Yeah, t Tony, uh, what, what's your overall Pine Meadow total review here? Uh, I like the course a lot. Uh, Will's running out the door because he's got to pee really bad. Those, those balls are blue. <laughs> The mountains are blue and the balls are blue. Uh, I'll kill time here while Will goes down the hall. Uh, Pine Meadow, I, I, I jokingly on Paul Luna's uh, poll on Facebook, uh, he put up a poll, which, which course would you get rid of? Uh, I jokingly put up the option of, of, uh, of Pine Meadow. I would not get rid of Pine Meadow. I, I think it's a good course. I think there's definitely a couple holes that are very difficult, hole 17 being the most difficult. Uh, Overall, it's not that hard of a course. I think that, um, you know, it, it'll settle into that, I won't say the Beals Creek and the, and the Agave range, but, I, you know, kind of in that range of not so hard, but, but also not super easy either. Um, but uh, ultimately, I, I like it. I think it's a good addition. Will, you are back already. That oh, is the man. quickest. That is Whew. the quickest. Did you... Did you just explode out there? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, I was prepared to talk for a couple more minutes. Ooh. Yeah. The. Uh, you, you can see the smile on my face. That. Yeah. Uh, oh. He's got a rosy cheeks. Oh, I needed that. Yeah. So your pine mountain review? Are you? Oh, we got some Luke in the background. We got some goddamn it's back there. Oh yeah. We knew we were gonna get some golden yeah. tea action. He, he either got one twenty one or a, a rollover, but uh, yeah, his mountains were blue earlier too when I checked on him. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, that's Pine Meadow. I've given my review. Will, you haven't played enough uh, to necessarily yeah. give a review, but yeah, you know, what do you think? Outside of the Freaky Friday, I'm, I'm really excited for this course, the uh, reimagined courses. I think this is something really great that they're doing for the game. Us old schoolers can go back and play this course. We got you know different clubs now, different balls, different tees, the whole shebang. 
but I think it's really cool, especially uh, to your point earlier, how we kind of kicked off the podcast, where it's kind of we're kind of in a little bit of a lull. New courses released in the fall. We got a lot of you know, the PEGT tour um, is you know, the year end tournament already happened. Looking to kick it off later. Uh, we'll talk about that going forward. But this is a really good point in the year where things are starting to come together now. They're kicking some juice back into the game. Uh, it's cold weather up here in Minnesota. I know I definitely try to play more during the winter as opposed to summer. Being such a short summer up here, yeah. uh, you're trying to get outside. You're trying to take advantage of it and so forth. But in the winter, I think this is definitely kind of like a reboot 2.0 where you're trying to get folks out playing more. There's something exciting, something to be released here. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And Tony, we just hit our one-hour cutoff point. I don't, I don't know if there are uh, different settings I can do on the software or anything, uh, but yeah, we're, we're right at the end of the Pine Meadows wrap-up. Uh, long story short, I think it's a really cool thing that Jim Zielinski, the IT team, whether it's Don, Adam, Kevin, uh, the whole team that they put together, like we said, kind of bring this back middle of the year, kind of during, during the slow spot. Uh, really exciting to keep the juice in the game here. Yeah, I think you know we've got... This this happening right now. So we've got next week. It'll be released in all the all the uh, Golden Tee play formats. Uh, next month, uh, we've got Worlds uh, qualifying starting, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, week after that, or the month after that, sorry, we've got Crowded Swamp happening, um, which will go on kind of the same schedule as we've got here. And then the month after that, we've got new tee boxes. And so we're really in a, a, a pretty fresh time of the year, right? It's been very cool. Uh, the course has been out for almost four months. I mean, it's it's, it's we're gone third of the quick. way. It's third of the way quick. done. Yeah. And so we're starting to get into that time where they're going to keep it fresh, and then uh, before you know it, 2020 Moon Course. Ooh, Danny boy! <laughs> but don't, don't get him excited. But we are officially hour number two now. Oh, hour wow. number two beer. Woo! Cheers. Love it. We'll, we'll toast that up. Thank you, Coors Light. Uh, not a sponsor, unfortunately, but uh, we do have a new sponsor. Yes. And, and, and this is pretty exciting. So we've talked about the Russ Layton Moving Company in the past. Yep. And sometimes when you go, sometimes, you know, you might be an empty nester and kids are moving out of the house. You may have extra gear and you're not sure what to do with it. Yeah. You may have gone from a four-bedroom down to a two-bedroom. Do I do a garage sale? What do I do with this? Yeah, I mean, that that's a lot of wasted time, but... If you're close to Vermont, and I mean, honestly, the majority of us, we're here in the United States, free commerce, you know, the interstate commerce clause, you can go do business in other states. In what better state than Vermont? Yes. And so introducing our very new, happy to have sponsor, Skipper's Storage Units. Ooh, Skipper Ripper. And so the beauty, I mean, I think we all know about a storage unit, right? We've seen storage wars. Mm -hmm. You know, if you forget to make your payment, all of a sudden they're selling your stuff to some dude on TV and he's yeah. finding some coin that's worth a million dollars. Not cool. here. Not here. Not at Skipper Storage Units. You are getting hands-on storage. If you've got debris, clutter, leftovers, any of the above, he is happy to take on your extra stuff and keep it in his personal storage unit. That, that is huge. We, we, we saw he uh, posted some screenshots from his stream, yeah. uh, which also had a camera on him as well as his home, and it looked like he had a countertop for you know bills and old mail and so forth, 
Yep. He had a curio cabinet, and I couldn't even tell what was in there. The The resolution wasn't that good. But I, I mean, assume bongs. Yeah. <laughs> so he also had, you know, a couch. I mean, he had a blanket on the couch. I think most of us do, especially up here up north. you got to stay warm. Yeah. But yeah. he had some other stuff sitting on his couch. I don't even know what, you know, umbrella that would fall into. But it looks like Skipper's storage unit, they can take it all. Yeah. Come one, come all. He, he's going to have some stuff to store. He, he's he going to give it personal attention. He's going to have it organized. My uh, my dad. And there'll even be video of your stuff online. On the stream. You can watch the stream and watch your stuff. Yeah, you, you can type it into the comment section. He'll check up on it, make sure it's safe. Like, the, hey, Skipper, move my lip lamp over in the frame. Yeah. He'll do it for you. You, you got to make sure it's still functional. The nice thing I really like about this and partnering with this is... He's basically going to be there all the time. This isn't like a standard storage unit where you're in like a kind of fake metal garage, blah, blah, and they got some video cameras. You don't even know if the video cameras are in. Skipper streams so often, you basically have 24-hour real person protection. I mean, this is a real security guard who's basically going to be there to keep an eye on your stuff. You've got Golden Tees Day. You've got Sati Day. Yep. I mean, you'll be able to check up on it every day of the week. Go to YouTube. Follow him on his YouTube channel. Check up on your stuff. Check up on his stream. It's safe. Skipper's got it guarded. Make it happen. Yeah, so we don't want you to close out Skipper's units, Skipper's storage units, but when you do, stop in there and he'll stream it. He'll show how to close out a deal, how to yeah. finalize a contract. He'll show it on the stream. You play a couple games of Golden Tee, you can show the stream that your property is safe with Skipper Storage Unit. Uh, great company. Thank you, Skipper. Uh, really cool you're a part of this, and we're going to back you 100%, man. All right. Thanks, Skipper. All right. Next up, uh, we've uh, got some uh, house cleaning. A little bit of news trickled in over the last Speaking few Speaking of house cleaning, oh, we, <laughs> we just did that segment, didn't we? Oh, my we? gosh. Uh, we didn't even make note of that. <laughs> uh, so some stuff that's happened over the last few weeks. Uh, I didn't even know this. So apparently Adam, so Adam does a, or sometimes Kevin, does a preview of the Freaky Friday usually. Typically on a Wednesday. Six hole yeah. uh, on a Wednesday. And, and I guess in one of them he said uh, they're looking for some ideas on Freaky Fridays. Mm-hmm. So Unbeknownst so, to me, he had said that, and I actually had sent him a message saying, hey, I've got a sweet idea for a Freaky Friday. Fissure. It's a fissure, isn't it? All fissures. <laughs> 18 fissures. Maybe... One aqueduct. <laughs> <laughs> so, they uh, Adam had mentioned in this video, um, not like they're requesting new content because I know here at Podmore Get Better, we're always looking for new content. Whether it's Kevin, Adam, Don, uh, they're looking to kind of spice up the Freaky Fridays. Uh, obviously, they're you know not necessarily limited, but they're always looking for fresh ideas and. Not necessarily like a design a hole where it may be in the game, it might not be in the game, you're not going to win a hole machine off of it, but they want to hear feedback from the players. They want to hear your ideas. What would be cool? What would be a cool theme? Par 3s, par 4s, swamp courses, this or that, mountain courses. A lot of it, not necessarily has already been done, but let's put a different spin on this here. They're, they're definitely open to suggestions. You know what hasn't been done? My idea. <laughs> it's awesome. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to give anybody any hints, but it is epic. I spent hours working on this, and it is going to be epic. Uh, it only takes a little bit. Like, I, there's a couple things I need to iron out with IT, and that's why I sent a message to Kevin or to, uh, to Adam and Don. But, man, it's going to be sweet. Uh, it's going to be my favorite ever. 
maybe. We'll so, see. So it or it's going like, to be terrible. So it sounds like you did a little Magellaning. In oh, I spent an entire some... Sunday playing casual mode. <laughs> oh, a little hint there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think uh, definitely, I think it's important that we help get the word out because certainly we've got way more listeners and way bigger audience than just Golden Tee's Facebook page. Yeah. Right? So it's important that we help get the word out and get uh, people interested in sending them ideas for Freaky Friday. Yeah, we, we've got the data, we've got the numbers in regards to our subscribership, listenership. Uh, you can go on Facebook, see what the count is on Golden Tee Fan of how many subscribers they have. Uh, Don Pescone, uh, Adam Kramer, Kevin Lindsay, they've been uh, fairly forthcoming in data, which we obviously thank them and appreciate them for. Absolutely. Uh, there can obviously be some reciprocity there should they have some more exciting data as well. But uh, we'll, we'll probably move on here uh, because as we all like data, we got some uh, cool numbers here to discuss, much less dates coming up, Tony. Yeah, so we've got some upcoming tournaments. Uh, so the next couple are non-PEGT events. They're more local events or mm-hmm. regional, I guess. Player run, vendor run. Yep. Yeah. So uh, next one is this coming weekend, uh, this coming Saturday, I assume, yeah, uh, January 19th in Leesburg, Virginia. A nice group of guys that play out of Leesburg. Yeah, good player base. Uh, it's going to be a $30 entry, uh, and I, I guarantee it's going to be a good time. I know a lot of those guys out in uh, the Virginia area, and, and they'll have a lot of fun, so I would encourage people. GoldenTTV.com. Or goldentee.tv. Uh, yep, I, I, I've Kim. just gotten used to saying PEGT tour. Now I got a whole other <laughs> thing. Uh, they will be there. But anyway, Golden Tee, they'll be streaming the event uh, and they'll uh, have some stuff up on YouTube after the event. Uh, after that, the following, the following Saturday, we've got the Painter Jim Sullivan shootout in Wisconsin. Yeah, right uh, between Madison and Milwaukee. Yep. Uh, so, you know, Chicago guys is probably just a couple hours away. It's probably from the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, four hours, maybe a little bit more than that away. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be a good population of guys from Wisconsin, maybe a couple of Chicago guys that come up. I'm not sure if Richard King's going to be there or not. But um, uh, after that is the first, the next tournament that I know of is the uh, is the first PEGT tour event of 2019. Yeah, the season kickoff. Here we go. So, uh, yeah, it's Orlando, uh, and it's Feb 17 to the 10th. Uh, 7th to the 10th, oh, yeah. Oh, there sorry, goes my it. sloppy handwriding oh, again. Yeah, I, I should have typed out my uh, pre-production notes here. But, yeah, the first PEGT tour event of the year. So you're going to have Steve, Russ, Paige, hopefully all three of those folks there, uh, potentially Dan Weiss there. Uh, bars kicking in $5,000, which is always cool. Uh, Florida, this time of the year, my goodness, February. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it to this one. I can't make Leesburg, Virginia. I'm going to try to make uh, Sullivan Shootout. I'm about 50-50 right now, uh, so I still got my fingers crossed for that. But if you're in the if you're in the northern portion of the United States, I mean, we got folks digging out of snowstorms. Get your ass to Florida. This is a no-brainer. Yeah, and I, you know, it's the first event of the year, and I, I think we haven't the uh, PEGT guys uh, have, have sent out a couple announcements and, and gal and gal. Have, have talked about uh, some things that have changed this year, uh, some dates, uh, a couple location changes. Correct. Uh, but ultimately, I assume the format is going to be pretty similar, where uh, there's going to be you know the year-end event now in Austin instead of Houston. Uh, you ha- we'll have to have played in two events. Uh, it's a total points accumulation to get you into the top dog or the, the top gun. Uh, and so if you're in the uh, southeast specifically, or, or anywhere really, but more in the southeast, uh, get your butt to Orlando and, and yeah. get that first event end of the year, and then uh, and then you'll be uh, good to go in Houston. 
yeah, see, see how it shakes out. I, I'm really excited uh, for this year's tourneys. And going back to that, we have, I guess, the official announcement. Yeah, I don't think we've officially announced. I, uh, Steve Sobel has, but I have not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and grand that you know our listener base is slightly larger than uh, the Golden Tee Fan Facebook page. Uh, we're pleased to announce that the St. Louis Tournament is going to be the third stop this year in the PEGTT Tour, and it's going to be April 25th to the 28th. Uh, typically also one of the biggest turnouts of the year, I think, because it's centrally located. It's a good setup, you know, Russ, Steve, Paige, they get to literally sleep in their own beds, I assume, unless they get absolutely hammered and crash out in someone's hotel floor. Sleep in the parking lot. Yeah. Bathtub like Richard King or something like that. Or Luna. Yeah. And they're both <laughs> yeah. bathtub sleepers. <laughs> Use the shower curtain as a blanket. So really excited for that. Sounds like that's been set in stone. The contract's been finalized. So you got your date of April 25th to the 28th going I, on in St. Louis. And I think they pushed that back a few weeks. I think it uh, historically has been a little bit earlier than that, maybe by you know kind of early to mid April, and I think it's it, it's good that it's been pushed back. Right, they, they didn't yeah. do it for for no reason because it, it it starts to split up the schedule a lot more evenly. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Orlando, Feb seventh through the tenth, not seventeenth, Feb seventh through tenth. Uh, you've got Sussex, which we haven't mentioned, which is March seventh through tenth, uh, and then. What, six weeks after that, you've got the next one, St. Louis, April 25th to the 28th. Then there's a little bit of a lull, right? Then their next main event is now in Evansville, right, mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, August. Indeed. Yep, correct. Uh, but in between that, you've got That's a big a pretty window. Give back, big gap right yeah, there. Yeah, but the reason is they know that a lot of the players that they rely on to go to their events, not that all of the people that would be going to Worlds would be going are the only people that would be going to the PEGT events, but Worlds is in there. Oh, this sounds like a juicy nugget here, Tony. Are, are we going to have to pull out the drum roll? I've been given the dates of Worlds. Oh, there's some Worlds info right there. But I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> June 20th or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, so, you've got Worlds in there. June 20th to the 23rd, I think, is the official dates. Uh, maybe. Don't count on me for that. Whatever that Thursday and Sunday is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that splits up the schedule yeah. pretty easily uh, between you've got St. Louis, then you've got Worlds, and then you've got uh, Evansville. And uh, what we do know about, we know very little about Worlds. But what we do know is qualifying, according to the schedule, is starting on Feb 11. Oh, okay. That, that's great news because you, you said we have a little bit of info, and that's the little bit of info. So, I'm pretty excited. I've got a little bit more. Oh. Yeah. Really? Qualifying will largely be on events mode. Oh, man. And I've got a little bit more that's indirectly related to that. It's in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, breaking news, the Orleans wants us back. Oh, beautiful. They, lo- they loved yeah. how much we drank and got rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave Sandmeyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... So my, uh, I had asked uh, Adam, I said, well, since qualifying is going to be on events mode, does that mean events mode will be going every week? And he said, yes. Ooh, that's an interesting Very little other angle. information. I got a yes. But presumably, uh, I would guess that we do not have events mode next week. Uh, and then we'll be back on events mode two weeks from now. And then I think going forward after that, we will have 
and every week events mode. Where we don't necessarily have a We're break. not skipping weeks. Yeah, currently we're on the events mode for one week, off for one week, back on for another week, which I totally understand. This is something they're trying to play with, tweak. This is a no toy for them. Uh, we've talked about it previously. I think events mode is great. We talked about doing mm-hmm. reboots and keeping interest in the game, just kind of keep it fresh and exciting. So that's, that's really cool to hear. I, I hope that the World Championships... Uh, with their qualifying lead to that where events mode is a constant every week. It's going to help make the 18-hole contest slightly easier, I would think, yep. uh, as some people are playing their events mode game. So I, I think this is a really, uh, really cool thing, and I'm definitely looking forward to it considering the fact that World Championship qualifying is going to be less than a month from now, Tony. Four weeks, just around the corner. Yeah, very, uh, very cool, very excited for that. Uh, little nugget that came out today. Oh no, never mind. This came out. Uh, there's a couple things that have come over the last couple weeks. Uh, we've got Golden Tee Mobile, GT GT Mobile, uh, which they started to do a couple years ago, and then it must have gotten kind of put on the back burner. Back burner for we've sure. Seen yeah. a little bit of teaser uh, of you know Golden Tee Mobile coming. I don't oh, I thought you were talking about the guy's uh, legs in the bathroom stall in the preview video. <laughs> I, I, different kind of teaser here. Okay, there oh, we go. Well, you must have seen a different preview video than I saw. Yeah, it was a guy in the bathroom. All I saw was a bunch of people with hands like holding an iPad and then holding an iPhone. Oh, there's a... I don't want to say juicy one. Video? Oh, there's there's one uh, that was posted on Twitter by the official Golden Tee account uh, of a guy sitting in a bathroom stall. I thought it may have actually been recorded here, but here it was um, yeah, I, I think there was the flush, and it just said, Golden T-Mobile. Play it while you poop. Yeah, I, I can't remember the taglines, but uh, that was some pretty vivid imagery there. Yeah. Yeah, so we have that, and also they released that, I'm not terribly familiar with it, uh, but they have kind of these meme generator, however you say it, M-E-M-E's, um, they're going to have kind of a Golden Tee mini arcade game uh, through the 1UP arcade units, and it's going to have Golden Tee on it, Mortal Kombat, a couple other kind of retro games. I don't know what type of course selection they're going to have, how many different the courses. Old courses. Like old, old. Like pre-4. So like Suerte del Sol yeah, 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 yeah. and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so I think there's three very old school, like... You know, late '90s Royal Bangin or, Cock or whatever it's called. Bannock Burn, okay. Bannock Burn. I'm thinking of Royal Cock. Cock. Sorry. Ooh, this uh, Coors that, Light's getting to me. Oh, Bangin Cock. Here we go. All right, but uh, so that'll be. I, I don't know what the time frame is on that, but that little nugget was released last week. Uh, speaking of little nuggets, uh, today it sounds like uh, they might have gotten the fix in, uh, the coding fixed for the T reset issue that they were having. So some people. Uh, who don't have autofill on their tees. Uh, so Noobs. Let, let, well, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for just a second. So if you're, uh, as a lot of us do, we use a lot of tees mm-hmm. and a lot of balls, less balls than tees, but we use a lot of these. And uh, it used to be that you would always buy them on the machine. Correct. And you might not notice if you were low on tees or low on balls, and then you'd get kind of hosed. Well, uh all of the re- half of the revenue, sorry, half of the revenue, if you bought it on a machine, went to your vendor, and the other half went to IT, and, and that's the way it worked for a long time. Well, when GT Caddy came out, the they, app on your the, the smartphone uh, yeah. gave you the ability to set autofills. 
So if I get below 20 T's, I want, or whatever it is, 15 T's, I want it to automatically buy me 60 more T's for the same $2 that I'd be paying on the machine. So you never run out. So, so it's at no additional cost to the right. player. Right. And same thing with balls, right? If I drop below six balls, then I want it to automatically spend 50 cents on to fill my, uh, to fill my nuggets. Uh, but what that, what that doesn't say is that all of that revenue now goes to IT, good for IT. You know, they want to make money. None of it goes to the goes to the vendors. So you've got some guys out there who uh, are good to their vendors and will make sure that they get as much revenue to their vendors as possible and they, they haven't set up the autofill. Well, the issue that rose was if you do run out of tees, now mid-game you can buy tees. Great, that's a nice feature. I want to be able to buy tees mid-game. Agreed. But the issue that was rising up was sometimes that was resetting the machine. So you're mid-game, you're on hole 17, oh shoot, I'm out of tees, I can buy them. Uh, but it would reboot the machine. So that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they, it sounds like they fixed that. And at the same time, it sounds like uh, one that I'm less familiar with, which is the hole-in-win. It sounds like kind of a similar, you're spending money mid-game mm-hmm. uh, on the hole-in-win in this case, and sometimes that would reboot the machine as well. And it sounds like they've got the coding for that to fix. Now, that nugget came out today, so we'll see if that's actually true that it is fixed. Uh, if, but that's if kind of put- the history of that whole story. And hopefully now that is fixed. Yeah, ho- hopefully they're putting out a patch for it. I, I think I've had it occur a couple times here and there. Uh, nothing that vividly sticks out in my mind. Uh, I'm sure I was probably off par. I was probably thankful the damn thing was said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Andy Hansen uh, from IT had a post, and it sounds like they found what they're looking for. Uh, copyright U2. Uh, they found what they're looking for. And hopefully a patch comes through, and hopefully this gets rectified. I, I know I've seen some folks frustrated about the post. Uh, I definitely want vendors to have their rev- ven- revenue stream. Obviously, I want IT to have their revenue stream to keep the game growing. Uh, I know Don has talked about at some of his speeches, whether it's at Worlds, whether it's Facebook posts, about continuing to grow this game, bringing out new features, uh, sitting down with the whole IT team, you know, getting in a big office, having a big whiteboard up, just throwing ideas around, setting timelines, setting goals of what they want to do for this game. And his vision, and their vision it sounds like, uh, is really looking multiple years in advance for the growth of this game. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, we are almost at the, we are past the 80 minute mark in this podcast. Oh my gosh. Are we going, uh, this has got to be a record. Oh, uh, this has got to be a... like world's preview type stuff. I mean, back then we were uh, pretty... Pretty, pretty verbose. Yeah, pr- pretty pretty leery with the technology and so forth. Uh, trying to get the podcast going during the World Tea Champ- uh, Golden Tea World Championships. So a lot of our segments were 5, 10, 15 minute segments. So we were never kind of free rolling and just going straight through it. Uh, so to hit to 60 minute mark, pretty cool. Uh, we're going to keep going. we got a little bit left for everyone here. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the NFL. Oh, God. I would assume in our three week... Uh, oh. Go, go ahead, and, and you, you said NFL, and we're talking playoffs. I, I know my Vikings aren't in it, but I'm going to... Oh, yeah. That's going to be loud for the listeners. Oh, yeah. Let's toast it up again, Cheers. Tony. There we go. Uh, you know, we've been on this three-week break, mm-hmm. and, I ass- and I, I'm not going to go back and look at the documents. I would assume I've hit every single bet in the, for our no, mam- no Whammy segments. Oh, of course. You know, no reason to go back and look. Let's just assume <laughs> that I won those bets. Uh, but moving forward... And that's what's important. Yeah, We've past got, performance is not indicative of future results. Very sort of true. Uh, we've got the NFL, the AFC Championship, NFC Championship this coming weekend. A couple of really nice games. Yeah, strong games. I can't games remember here. the last time. Strong matchups. Especially with my Vikings not involved. 
that I was this excited for the uh, for the uh, semifinals of the NFL. Yeah, I think uh, I think looking at some of the Twitter feeds yesterday, obviously this is Monday. Uh, once everything was solidified last Sunday afternoon, well, I should say Sunday evening, uh, these are the top four offenses in the NFL, I believe. Uh, you're talking about oh, yeah. the LA Rams, the New Orleans Saints. New England Patriots and Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'm not sure what metrics they went off, whether it's points scored, total yardage, you know, explosiveness, QBR, whatever the heck it is. Uh, but these are some high potent offense. Mm. Uh, you talk about like going to the Todd Penikoff Fertility Clinic. Uh, these boys are on it, Tony. Ooh, all right, uh, all right. So first game, NFC Championship, Sunday, 2 p.m. Rams at the Saints. Juicy. And the line is New Orleans minus three and a half. Uh, money line uh, for the Rams would be plus 160. Saints would be minus 185. And the over-under is 57. So I think there's, for both of these games, I imagine there's going to be a lot of money on the over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like the playoffs have gone under a lot. I would agree. I think uh, that's and the And I don't trend. know if that's the weather or that's just the you know the extra attention by the defense. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. But what I do know about this game is that I love the minus three and a half with the Saints. I think they're playing at home. Uh, I don't. So the 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 line last game against the Eagles, the Eagles was yeah. minus eight and a half by the end. I don't. I don't see a five point line difference between the Eagles and the Rams. This number seems way too low. So I would say. I I think that uh, I'll be playing the New Orleans minus three and a half. I'll uh, I'll back you up on that. I'll take New Orleans three and a half. Uh, I'm guessing that's at you know probably a negative one ten or whatnot. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Saints get here. I think you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, you know, Drew Brees all the backfield. Whether he's taking deep shots, whether he's taking short dump offs to Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. I think the Saints are going to win this game, and and I'd put it probably five or six points I think it's going to be one of those things where the Saints are going to look to explode early in that Philadelphia game they got down 14 zip very very early and had to play solid on defense defense buckled down yeah Yeah, had had to have those points basically lead a comeback on their home turf playing at home to go the Super Bowl absolutely huge I I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Saints and giving the three and a half I'll I'll piggyback off you the only thing that I uh I might say is that you know, that three and a half, I mean, there's a reason why lines settle in at three or three and a half and, and have a hard time moving. I might buy that half point. Uh, you know, it's going to change it from a minus 110 to a, you know, minus 130 maybe. But uh, but I might buy that might buy that half point to get to a minus three for New Orleans because obviously three is a lot better than a three and a half yeah. in the history of the <laughs> NFL. Uh, so moving on to the AFC Championship, we've got New England at Kansas City. Kansas City is a minus three favorite. Uh, the money line would be plus 135 for New England, minus 155 for Kansas City, and the over-under of 56. Uh, again, I think there's going to be a lot of public play on the over on the 56. Uh, I'm not a huge over-under player. Uh, here, my like is uh, New England, plus 135. I'm going to take the money line, New England, plus 135. I think that... Uh, those bastards always find a way. Yeah. I'm not rooting for New England. No, well, now that I might have money, I <laughs> might be rooting for New England. But emotionally, I'm not rooting for uh, New England, but uh, I think they're going to find a way, and I think they're going to win this game. I was uh, I was all over the Chargers playing in New England. Uh, Tom Brady, 
Me too. Their, their offense looks like it had kind of staggered and stalled. But, my gosh. I three, think they've been playing possum all year. Yeah, th- three touchdowns on their opening drives. I, n- I know I listen to Sports Talk Radio. They talk about Bill Belichick and how the season doesn't start till after Thanksgiving. After that, hey, what, what you do early, not a problem. After Thanksgiving, get your shit together. We're going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and he has a streak cred to back it up here. Yeah, I think that – and I, I was thinking about that. Like, I think that works better in other sports where a lot more teams make the playoffs and there aren't first-round buys. But it seems like they just – just do enough that enough to get in, enough to get that first round by, and then they then they unleash all their secrets. Oh God, yeah, and then they blow your doors off. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna go New England plus one thirty five, uh, and uh, hope I don't win, because I you know I've got a lot of friends in the Kansas City area. I went to school in Kansas, uh, and so uh, I'd love to see Kansas City win, but I, I think Kansas I think uh, New England's gonna win this one. Uh, I am not going to bet on the point spread or the money line. To echo your thoughts, I'm actually going to take the under. This is kind of weird. We saw when Kansas City was playing this last weekend that there was snow on the field. There was some interesting stuff going on. Uh, I just got a feeling that as these two teams are looking to go to the Super Bowl, Brady kind of, you know, not necessarily past his prime, but definitely getting a, a little long in the tooth. Uh, you got rookie Pat Mahomes. Well, while we have offenses who can go at it, I think we're going to see some surprises from the defenses here. And New England's going to go down to Kansas City. And yeah, it could be cold. Probably not as cold as New England. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Because, uh, so, Ooh, I was looking at the we weather a, earlier. Do we got a fun angle here? Yeah. We got uh, some Belinda Jensen angle. That's a local uh, local weather person. But, uh, uh, well, I was looking, because I, I look at snow reports, because uh, my family, we do a lot of skiing, and so I'm always looking at what's the snow report, you know, when's the snow coming. Humidity, accumulation, yeah, the whole and deal. and so I was looking, and at the end of this week, the central U.S. is supposed to get a bunch, it's supposed to be a storm rolling through, Friday, Saturday, and then it's supposed to get cold. Ooh. And so I looked, Lawrence, Kansas, weather report, high temperature this weekend, upper teens. Ooh. That's cold. Night game, cold weather. I think I th- I like that under. If I was gonna bet the over under, I would bet that under. So I like Will's bet of the under because it'll be cold, uh, and uh, cold enough I think to st- to stymie the offenses. Yeah, I'm, I may buy uh, half. And a you know point. who knows how to play in cold weather? Tom freaking Brady. Yeah, he uh, he always has that stocking cap on. He has that big bulky jacket. The thing looks like it belongs to Andre the Giant, but nope, it's it's Tom's. It's just Tom and his two kids under each shoulder. Yeah, we're. Uh, I, th- I think we're gonna wrap it up here. I uh, I'm almost, Yeah, I'm almost out of beer. Uh, hope you guys uh, stayed with us through this podcast here. We uh, are anxiously awaiting world's info here. Uh, Tony and I have already talked about that. We're gonna try to do a podcast ASAP once this world comes out. Uh, world's information in terms of the qualifying structure. Uh, once that comes out, we're going to try to do a podcast for that. Kind of try, try to, to find all those angles. Yeah, try, try to break that down. You know, number of glory play players that get in, number of home edition players that game it, get in, number of live events slash events mode now. Differences uh, from last year. I think one other nugget that we didn't talk about is they, they've talked about the field is actually going to be bigger than last year. So yeah. last year was 64 people in, 63 plus the play in. Yeah, uh, Dave Sandmeyer. Yeah, ho- hopefully they've uh, skimmed some money off of uh, Freaky Fridays and daily tournaments to, you know, adjust that accordingly. If they're going to have more participants in there, hopefully they've, uh, you know, throughout the course of the year had some extra money that they've taken from dailies or money shots or whatnot to help fund worlds where it's still worth the while for folks to get out there. We don't yep. want to see a lot of people qualifying and drop out. 
uh, obviously you have to kind of dangle that carrot in front of the players where it's worth their while, you know. Yep. Couple uh, couple days in Vegas, you're talking flights, you're talking hotels or VRBOs, you're talking some uh, Dave Sandmeyer Bud Light and Bush Light numbers. Woo! But get yeah, I will say if you if you get yourself on a blackjack table with a hot cut card, oh yeah, that smells real nice. Ooh, gosh. Then you can make all that money back. Oh well, yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So. We don't have a date. I know uh, Adam and Kevin and Don have kind of talked about last week or two they were hoping to have it in the next week or two. I don't know if there are contracts trying to be finalized, whether they're trying to finalize room blocks for the Orleans. If you do make it out to Worlds or even if you're just going to watch it at Worlds, uh, normally I like to stay at a VRBO with you, Tony. Yep. Uh, the Orleans was spot on. Oh, it was, yeah. It was big enough where they had everything you needed. They had 24-hour food service. I think they had a Subway, a Fuddruckers, a Burger King. They had all sorts of crap you could get there. It was big enough where they had all that stuff, but it was small enough where you could walk to it and not feel like you're walking you know, for an hour to try to get there. Yeah, two years ago we, we did the VRBO, and that was great. We had a yeah. good time. Uh, and then last year we had a VRBO that uh, had some issues. And so at the last minute, we had to go to the Orleans, and we were a little bummed out. Like, mm-hmm. we liked being off property, uh, but ultimately, we, we, we've we talked about it. We Great loved setup. It. We loved the experience there. The the, the room rooms were good, not that you spent a ton, ton of time in the rooms. The pool was great. Very happy about the, the pool. The, the, the size of the bar. casino was really nice, yeah. and, you know, I think it was a great experience. So we're definitely going to be staying at the Orleans again this year. Yeah, I, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, I know Kansas basketball starts in uh, 22 minutes. Tony Johnson, uh, you're all alma mater. So we're uh, going to sign bet the, it off. Bet the Longhorns. Oh, you did? Plus six? No, I haven't. No, I'm saying, I'm telling our listeners. Because you obviously get to the end of this 92-minute podcast by the time uh, the game starts in 20 minutes. And so... Yeah, Longhorns, I think, are getting six and a half. I shouldn't know that. Yeah, I shouldn't know that, but I do know it. So uh, hopefully until next week, uh, we would love to have an emergency supplemental podcast with some world's info uh, to kick that off. I'm Will Sandstead. I'm Tony Johnson. Enjoy the week.